You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Happy New Year, everyone. Tim McMast here, along with our MLB.com Rockies reporter, Thomas Harding. And Thomas, Happy New Year to you as well. It could be an exciting 2018 for the Colorado Rockies. Yes, it could. I mean, you're, you're talking about a team that made the postseason last year for the first time since 2009 and is really pushing forward and doing it in their own way. They don't follow what other teams do. They have a plan and they're sticking to it. And their own way right now is spending a lot of money on a bullpen that looks like it's going to be really good on paper. And the latest addition, obviously, is that of Wade Davis. They go with Davis Instead of Greg Holland, Davis gets a three-year deal, $52 million. Were you surprised that when it all came down in the end of the, at the end of the day, it was Davis and not Holland, considering what Holland did for this team a year ago? Well, I'm not surprised necessarily when you're looking at the pitchers because they're in that uh, group of top closers, and the Rockies were going to get one of those guys in that group. Now, where the surprise came was it uh, filtered out during the winter meetings that a deal was really close, and it, and it turned out from both sides it wasn't close. So um, that's where it became a surprise, the fact that, that uh, it, it appeared publicly as if it was a done deal. I do know that as late as um, you know, the, the week going into Christmas that Holland was still looking at the Rockies um, to sign there, but, the, but Wade Davis came and uh, and, and Wade Davis, I mean, the contract works well for the Rockies. It's a three-year deal. There are no games finish clauses until the end of it where Davis could earn an, an extra year at $15 million. Um, it's, a, it's a player option. So it really worked on both sides. Davis got the highest annual average value for any reliever in baseball against baseball history at this point. And the Rockies were not tied to too long a contract, and they've got – one of the top closers in the game, plus some guys around him that can get the ball to him. Yeah, the Holland deal was reportedly so close that we actually redid our podcast, uh, Thomas, at the winter meetings. Jesse Sanchez was filling in for you, but we did the whole podcast there, and then we got the news that Holland was close. We actually redid it uh, all for naught in the end as he is still out there on the market. So Davis gets 352, McGee gets 327, Brian Shaw gets 327. If you break that down for 2018 alone, the Rockies will spend $34 million next season on these three pitchers. It's a lot of money in a bullpen, but the roster is set up to allow that because they're not going to pay their starters very much. It's kind of a nice position to be in if you're Colorado, right? That's right. If you're a small to mid-market team like the Rockies are, what you want to be able to do is you want to have a good farm system and replenish at certain areas so that you can spend on other areas. Right now, it is the starting pitching where the Rockies are able to um, have a lot of sub-arbitration guys. I think uh, Chad Bettis is the only starter who's in his arbitration years. So, therefore, you can spend it in other areas, whether um, – like, for example, last year they did the spending on Ian Desmond, knowing that he would be a versatile guy where he could fill various spots on the field. Um, so this year they were able to go and spend the money on the bullpen. I think you're always going to have to have a strong bullpen in Colorado. You don't want to have a lower standard for the starting pitchers, but you know based on history 
that they may not give you more than 200 innings. Um, it's, it's actually rare in their history that they've had a guy go over 200 innings. So what you do is you make sure that you cover that other inning. I mean, if, if a lot of places pitchers are regularly getting to the seventh inning, you know there will be certain times that uh, pitchers may average six innings. So you have to have another strong arm at the back of the bullpen. And if, if you look at it this way also, if they get into a playoff series, which they definitely plan to do, they will be used to running relievers into the game at various times. So I think it's a good move for the Rockies. It may not be a good move for other teams. A lot of teams like to spend more on the starting pitching, and certainly it works out. But for the Rockies right now, I think this is the best move. And, hey, if they get to the deadline next season and there is that top starter out there, then maybe they could make a Justin Verlander-like move because they have a lot of depth in their system. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Jake McGee and Wade Davis were teammates back in the Rays organization. In fact, I think when they were coming up through the minor leagues, they were actually roommates at one point. And uh, reportedly, McGee made his best pitch to help recruit Davis, and it certainly paid off. So good to have things like that. And I guess a big part of that pitch for McGee was telling uh, Davis just what a good situation it is in Colorado right now uh, with Bud Black running the show and everything that's going on there. So with all these moves made, it looks like on paper, Thomas, the only move left to be made this offseason is to bring in some sort of right fielder. Is that still in the plans for this Rockies team? Well, it could be right field, it could be first base, and the reason why it's um, not really not really set is that they have developed some people in their system. Uh, Ryan McMahon may be ready for some duty at first base. He may not be ready for full-time duty. So what if you bring in a right-handed hitter? Say you brought back Mark Reynolds or another right-handed hitter, and you're able to ease Ryan McMahon into the lineup. Um, right field makes some sense. I mean, there's a lot of sentiment here. Some people would love to see them go after Carlos Gonzalez again, maybe on a one-year deal where Cargo could reestablish his value and continue what he's done for the Rockies. He did struggle last season but finished well in the final two months. But also, you look at Rommel Tapia, what he was able to do with his speed and his ability to hit wasn't quite there defensively last year, but this is a guy who looks like he has a pretty good future with the Rockies. Also, David Dahl, who was injured last season, um, had, had a rib problem around the back area and uh, during the comeback had some back spasms. But a couple of years ago, you know, he really provided some power at the end of the season for them. So they've got people that can fill these holes. So the Rockies have to make a decision. Do they spend? How much do they spend to fill that hole, whether it's first base or outfield? Or do they just roll the dice and go with one of their own? All right, let's get into your five questions facing the Rockies. And I think you actually just answered one of them, uh, which was, is this the year for Ryan McMahon or David Dahl? And we may get the chance to find that out. So I'll check that one off as already covered. Um, You have, can the young rotation take the next step? And obviously there's a lot of young arms there uh, from John Gray to Jeff Hoffman, Antonio Senzatella, Kyle Freeland, Herman Marquez. There's so many young guys there. Um, how many of the go- those guys need to have better years in 2018 than they had in 2017 if this Rockies team is going to contend again? Well, a couple of things. First, um, what Herman Marquez stayed in the rotation until the end of the season. He did slow down a little in September, but it wasn't a fatigue thing. But the rest of them, they really wore down at the end of the season. Now, what the Rockies are planning with them is they're going to start working a little bit later. They're basically going to time themselves 
to be ready for the start of the regular season. But if you look at guys like Senzatella and Freeland and Hoffman um, and Marquez, really, the, it, it was not clear they were going to be in the rotation. So they had to show up at spring training in regular season form. It was a great thing for them. It helped with the early part of the season. But the problem was the, the, these are guys who had never pitched really at the at the end of a major league season before, not at that intensity level, not in a playoff race. So at the end, they wore down at various times, and a lot of them were used in the bullpen. So what they're going to do this year is make sure that, yeah, they're ready for spring training. We're not talking about sitting around eating bonbons for the winter, but they, they, they don't necessarily want them in regular season form when they show up. They're like, yeah, you're going to compete for the job. You're going to try to um, do well in the, in, in the spring training games, but understand those are to get ready for the regular season. Those aren't your regular season right now. So I think that's a, that's a way that they can get these guys through um, and hopefully they'll improve a bit. Now, what often happens when you have young pitchers is they have that maybe the second year they take a little bit of a step back at some point. But with Bud Black running the show there, um, I believe that he can get them through slumps to where maybe it's not a full quote-unquote sophomore slump. It's just if a guy struggles a bit, um, they're able to get him back on track to where he finishes up strong. Your next question was, can the bullpen shoulder the load again? And I think we kind of covered that enough as far as the bullpen and the money they've spent. That's why they spent it was so that that bullpen can shoulder the load. So we'll move on from there. Bullpens, they're very strange to predict, but you would hope with the money that the team has spent on reliable guys who have a track record, they'll be okay. So your next question, Charlie Blackman, DJ LeMayhew, they're approaching free agency next winter. Obviously, Nolan Arenado two years away. Can any of these guys be extended, Thomas, or are they going to slowly lose these guys to free agency? Um, when I look at the, the history of the Rockies, they've been able to keep guys like that. I mean, they kept Todd Helton. They were able to, early in his career, sign Troy Tulowitzki to a big deal. Now, it turned out that deal was too long, and when the team struggled, they ended up having to trade him. Um, the one they did trade was Matt Holliday, but they got Carlos Gonzalez in that deal, and they extended him. So my thought is um, they're going to attempt to see what what will happen. I've uh, I've talked to Charlie Blackman. He's like, hey, I really like it here. I like my teammates here, but it's you know up to the Rockies. And if you look at uh, Nolan Arenado, he looks like the type of guy that you can sign to a longer-year deal. Um, and I know the Rockies want to try it. They feel like they have good relationships with these players. Um, they do have guys coming up behind them in the minor leagues. So um, maybe you would hate to lose a guy like a Blackman or LeMahieu or Arenado, but some of the prospects they're excited about, whether it's Ryan McMahon right now who can play first base, but he's really a third baseman by trade, or um, Brendan Rodgers, who's a middle infielder, shortstop and, and, and second base, or the outfielders, maybe they can fill in. The Rockies have had an easier time finding hitters to fill in for guys that leave than they have finding pitchers to fill in. So. It's it's not a crucial thing, although certainly you don't want to lose a superstar like an Arenado after the um, what 2020 season, but you can fill in for those guys. So I think this is something that both sides are going to have to work through. The agents, maybe they'll want to stay. Um, maybe they can structure a contract that is enough money but maybe doesn't totally break the bank. We'll just have to see what happens. Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting. And Arenado obviously has become the face of that franchise and a guy they would love to keep around for everything he does, both sides of the ball as well. Final question. 
you have, Thomas, is will offensive efficiency arrive? And what exactly do you mean by that? Well, if you look at the, the traditional stats, batting average, home runs, runs scored, the Rockies are always going to be first, second, or third. Um, that's partly a function of Coors Field, partly a function of they do tend to look for hitters who drive a ball. So I'm not going to just put it totally on Coors Field. But the issue is if you look at their seasons – Quite often, sometime in the middle of the season, they have a complete offensive outage. They really had two of those last year, one in about June, and then they got it back before the All-Star break, and one in um, August going into September. And those are situations where you can lose 10 or 11 games in a row and really put yourself in trouble. The second half wasn't the best for this team, and part of the reason was if they aren't hitting home runs and aren't scoring a lot of runs, are they able to make the most of their outs? It's been a problem around here. Um, I think that that there are some situations where they could get better. I thought that Gerardo Parra, after a rough year with some injuries in 2000. Um, 16 had a pretty good year in 2017 until he got hurt. Then the rest of the season was a little bit weaker. Ian Desmond was hurt three times last season. This is a guy who who hits the ball the opposite way and gives you those team at-bats. You didn't see as much of it because he really wasn't sharp, although he did manage to hit 271. And, of course, Trevor Story struggled quite a bit in his second year. I mean, teams were really focused on him because of the home runs he hit his first year. But I will say about him, in September, this guy was a lot more efficient with the bat. He was able to put some balls in play. Generally, when he puts it in play, he's not just trying to avoid a strikeout or move a runner. He's trying to drive a ball. So if he's able to get his at-bats more consistent, then that helps. They just have to be more efficient when they have guys on base or in those tough games, especially whether it's on the road or even at Coors Field, at the tough times of the year when you need that run that maybe doesn't come with the the three-run homer, you have to be able to do it. And the Rockies were up and down with that last year. If they can be more efficient with those opportunities this year, then you're talking about a team that can challenge for a division title. Great stuff, and we will monitor those questions throughout 2018 as we will slowly get the answers. This has been Tim McMaster along with Thomas Harding. It's been MOB.com Extras, our Rockies edition, the first edition of 2018. Thanks for tuning in.